Welcome to the Revenue Accelerators podcast, a show featuring B2B sales and business leaders. Hosted by Excelogy founder and 19-year sales veteran with leadership experience in strategic enterprise and telecom sales, Deep Trikonod. This show uncovers strategies and techniques business leaders have used to go from zero to one and beyond. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help us reach more people. Revenue Accelerators is brought to you by Excelogy. We help B2B sales leaders improve sales performance by leveraging our patent-pending data-driven sales coaching systems. Find us at www.excelogy.com. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you guys for listening in to the Revenue Accelerators podcast. My name is Deep Trikonad, and with me today, I have Mitch Moeller. Did I pronounce that right, Mitch? You did, Mitch Moeller. Um, Mitch of Zizania Consulting. Is that yeah. is that also pronounced right? You were close. Zizania Consulting. So I take lasagna with a Z. That's the best way to the best way to explain it. Excellent. So tell so tell me a little bit about Zizania. Like, sorry, if you can just kind of introduce yourself. Like, who's Mitch? Why does Mitch do what he does? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question, and and I tell this story a lot because I think it plays into why um, you know Zizania Consulting is one successful as well as why we're intimate and passionate about what we do. Um, I grew up in the engineering world, um, got an engineering degree because my cousin, who is two years older than me, got an engineering degree. Had no idea what it was, um, just went into the trade. Um, knew right away that I didn't really want to do the the technical sitting behind the computer screen type of uh, work the rest of my life. Um, so I stepped into the project management world and um, worked for some large organizations when I was um, straight out of college, fresh out of college. Then I joined a, a startup um, about four to five years into my career. And um, in that startup, I, I immediately realized that corporate Fortune 500 companies are very, very spoiled with the technology that they have at their 100%. disposal, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a shock. It was a culture shock to me. And um, one of my first questions in joining this startup was, what are you using for project management? And they told me Excel sheets. Um, and so that's where, you know, the initial thought of, wow, something needs to be done here. And, and at that time, I thought it was just this company, right? Mm -hmm. Wow, this company is disorganized. This company doesn't have the right tools to, um, you know, better um, optimize their operations, optimize their project management. And as I started to do a little bit more research, I realized that this was a really, really common um, problem, not only with startups, but even mid-market to even enterprise organizations who just don't have the right technology stack to use um, to data capture, to create transparency and visibility inside of their, their organizations. So um, took the, the big step and, and, and one started as a freelancer, just building technology for organizations more specifically on the PMO project management side, um, ultimately navigating and transitioning into um, Zizania Consulting as you see it today. Nice. That's awesome. So, so like you said, um, so that's the startup that you're at um, and, and, you know, I'm kind of doing this in real time a little bit, um, but you went from an engineer, like you mentioned, and many of us kind of like, that's actually myself as well. Like I've, I've, I have a, an undergrad degree in biochemistry because my mom wanted me to be a doctor. Like that's like all of us, many yeah. of us start that path. Right. Um, but my heart was in tech. Well, you mentioned about kind of 
you know, kind of stepping out in front of your desk. You didn't want to be behind a computer all day long. Right. Um, I had a similar type, my own, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't me that actually came up with the, that perception or that idea of like, Hey, I don't want to do this for myself. What happened was one day, a real quick site side story. Um, I was an engineer, my first, my first job out of college, I was fortunate to find something. Um, and I was working with a sales rep and we're basically kind of on a, on a custom, on a customer project. He pulls me in. I do the song and dance and kind of wow the customer from the technical side. And it was a great meeting. And then they leave me behind and they go basically to dinner, party it up, drinks, whatever they're doing. And I was like, wait, this kind of sucks. Like, why am I the one left behind? So that kind of took me to, I don't want to be the guy behind the computer, the the man behind the curtain. I actually want to be in front talking to customers and kind of hanging out with them and and so and that, buying buying the drinks and and the food for the the totally, right? yeah. <laughs> like that's part of the job and that's the fun part of the job like yeah and don't get me wrong i do enjoy the 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 engineering side of it but i do it's like it's a dichotomy i like both things so i can appreciate you wanting to get out so that's just a quick aside so as you as you did that like actually i kind of want to dig into you were you had a job a, you know, W2, some, some type of paycheck that was coming in, that was coming in every two weeks or every, you know, 15 days or what have you. And then you decided somewhere, there was something that happened where you were like, I need to, this is not enough. So what was that? Can you, can you kind of share with? Yeah. Grow, so growing up, I always knew I wanted to do something on the entrepreneurial side, own my own business. Um, when was the question, right? Um, so really early on when I started getting this thought of, you know, I really want to make this jump. And um, the first thought was I'm going to set a goal in the next year, I'm going to be on my own. And, and sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't. And, and a lot of times with people with W2 jobs, it's, you know, not as easy just to jump ship with zero revenue and, and stop getting paid just at the, you know, on a dime. Right. And so yeah. um, I had a number in mind. Um, that number was, once I, you know, as a, as a business owner, as a, you know, a side hustle, if you would call it, um, there was a certain number that I had to reach to say, I'm going to make that leap. Right. And so once that number hit, that's when we jump ship. So it was a little bit more calculated than, um, you know, most people. Um, but that one year goal, that number in mind that allows you to be comfortable with that switch, it was really, really important to me supporting my family, my personal lifestyle and, um, and all of that, that, you know, money needs to needs to buy and so how long have how long has zanya been around year and a half uh so january 2022 yeah awesome and so in in, is that that when you start the clock on that year and a half was that when you went full-time to zanya or was that when it was kind of like your side hustle that's a great question. So full-time was actually about a year ago today so it's about july august time frame of 2022 yep very, very cool. Um, and so, so when you, when you did that, I don't know if you can share, you don't have to, but, um, like, did you have your baseline covered? You mentioned, right. You need to be able to replace income. Um, you had a baseline covered, um, and do you have whatever that baseline was, was it made up of more than one client or did you have multiple clients or how does that, how did you 
Yeah, yeah, great question. Luckily, um, our our business model is um, a little bit of, of both of project pricing and recurring model, and so it's a little bit easier to make that jump with the recurring model um, with what's called project management as a service. So I knew that not only this you know big project was coming in, but I also knew that there was longevity to that as well. So it made it a little bit easier to um, be comfortable. Interesting. PMO as a service. So how does, how does, like, how does a client um, realize that what you're like, how do they achieve? So you mentioned earlier, a lot of people just don't have anything. They're using Excel spreadsheets and post-its, right? Um, So when you take them from that to what you deliver, is there any proprietary software or are you mostly kind of, is there a template of existing tech that you just kind of loop in and in, kind of integrate that into their process and teach them how to use it so it's scalable. Like, what, what's your model? Like, how do you operate? Yeah, so a uh, lot of partnerships. So um, I'm sure everybody listening as well as you are familiar with the tools, HubSpot, Salesforce, ClickUp, yep. Monday.com. I mean, the, yep. the names are endless, right? And so our whole goal is to partner with those organizations. Um, they provide great baseline productivity software, but it's not always specific to um, a, a organization or an industry or a business, right? And so what we do is we take that beautifully crafted software that these partners are, are building and we enhance it, we build on top of it. And so we build things that are specific to the business um, versus just saying, hey, here's your tool, go figure it out, um, go and administer this yourself. Perfect. Yeah. So it's it's not, you take a one size fits all tool and you tailor fit it and you're, for the organization that you're working with. That's exactly it. And it takes some, you know, side of, of business knowledge as well as technical knowledge. And so we really pride ourselves on having kind of the, what meets the middle in between the business and technical. That's awesome. So how do you go about like, what's your go-to-market strategy? How do you actually find prospects, customers? Like what's your, what's your sales motion look like? How long does it take you? And, and, and what have you learned in your, in your travels going from kind of, an employee that's not necessarily responsible for sales and going to like, all right, now you've got your own gig, your own business. You got to put food on the table for your family. How do you find those, those new customers beyond the recurring model, right? As you grow. Yeah. So um, we started out on Upwork, which is, I would um, strongly encourage anybody who's just getting started to getting used to that kind of, you know, that sales cycle and, and getting customers. Upwork is a really, really good platform. Um, I have my thoughts on whether it's sustainable or not. And so our goal has been to navigate away from that Upwork model into, you know, cold outreach and that traditional sales, right? Okay. So we started off, um, you know, strictly on Upwork. And luckily we've had um, many amazing repeat clients that have continued to do business with us. Um, We serve more than mid-market to enterprise level um, clients. And so in project management and using PMO tools and using these productivity tools, it's not a one project and done. There's a few different avenues to that. There's Hey, let's help our other business unit that we have here over in marketing or IT or you know the PMO. Um, 
So repeat clients are, are, are a big part of our, our business, mm-hmm. as well as their priorities now have shifted into this continuous improvement, continuous delivery model. And so um, we want to continue to provide those enhancements on that tool based on their business changing, um, the industry changing, their competitors changing. And so we like to offer that insight to um one, generate more revenue, but also provide more value to um, their technology stack, um, to their project management tools as well. Do you have like a referral program? So for like, I'm kind of curious. So as you scale, as you build trust and rapport with your clientele and they like it, they're obviously talking to other people. Have you gotten any other clients from your existing client base or has that happened? Do you see that happening? Not yet, but we're working on a process that actually kind of pushes that along, right? Um, while you would like somebody to go and just say, hey, you know, Zazani is doing a great job over here. Sometimes you have to push the needle in those scenarios. And so we're actively working on a process that will allow our current customers to um, testify, you know, on our behalf and say, hey, you know, these guys are doing a great job, both publicly for marketing, but also, hey, who do you know in this space that yeah. we could provide our value to? Too as well. And so while unfortunately we haven't been able to um, land any clients that way, it's, it's definitely on our radar. That's great. So then how are you, you mentioned cold outreach and do you have an agency that you're working with beyond Upwork or like, what's your, what's your plan kind of going forward to, to grow that? Yep. So we have uh, an internal sales um, team as well as have um, explored some of the agency routes, haven't found a perfect fit for us. Um, our big thing is, you know, if we want longevity, um, let's go and take the risk and hire in-house people that can, um, you know, continue to work for us and with us, um, on a long-term basis. And so we've got internal, um, sales. And so we are really focused on right now, the, the, uh, personalized and direct outreach, um, really just there to, um, provide value. So if you have a tool, great, let's check it out. Let's see if we can provide you any advice on how to improve that just really quick wins. Typically that lands and leads to, Oh, awesome. You guys are really smart. You guys should, you know, let's, let's work together. Right. So, um, on the front end, it's not necessarily about, Hey, how can we get your business right away? It's just, Hey, how can we help you? How can we provide value in a quick win format that you guys see our importance? And then you guys can decide whether or not you want to work with us. Did you have, do you have that template kind of finalized? Like if you were to compare that, what you just described your template now versus your first Upwork kind of sale, right? Like what lessons have you learned? How have you made it more efficient? Can you comment on some of those things? Well, I think Upwork is, 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 again, it's a great tool. I think you take a lot of the relationship building out of the scenario when you are getting an RFP or, you know, what Upwork's model is, right? They're asking for a certain thing, which by the way, could not be what they really need. And so you don't get that opportunity to say, Hey, you're looking for a tool, but maybe we need to talk about process first. Or maybe we need to talk about the business decisions you're making first before we start a a technology conversation. Um, So sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, Did you you have, are you saying that you threw Upwork at least you didn't have an opportunity to go back and be like, Hey, why are you asking this question? Exactly. Why do you want to, there was no opportunity for that. Their request was 
X, Y, Z. It was scoped out already. So we didn't get the opportunity to provide our, um, our take, which is fine sometimes, right? It works out. Um, but sometimes you lose a little bit of that value in that process, that relationship building sales cycle, um, that could be really important to success. Yeah. They want, they want to widget just the way they want it. And it might be the wrong thing because they don't know. Exactly. Exactly. All right. That's fair. Um, and so how's it, how's that, how has it been going? Like the given, given kind of, you've been doing it for a year and a half or a year full time. Um, what is your, can you share in terms of some of the things you're looking to on the horizon, what you're hoping to do in the next six months, maybe year that will move the needle even further for Zanya? Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll step back and say, yeah, I told you this before, just getting to know each other um, before we, we hit record yeah. here that I don't traditionally have a sales background. And so the learning journey for me in the sales and business development side has really been eye-opening on the difficulties of the cost of getting a client, right? Or yeah. just the difficulties of building that relationship. It's much, much more difficult than people see um, at that outside view, right? So totally. that's one thing I've learned, um, you know, very, very quickly um, and frankly, the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the next couple of months, six months, one of our, my big goals is to step out of the day to day. And so as transitioning from a single freelancer to now a business who operates with a team, um, I've understood that people are the most important asset you have, um, over processes, over, yeah. you know, technology, all of that, it's the people. Um, and so stepping away from that and trusting the people to then go do a great job, um, like I trust them to do and like we trust them to do is one of the most important things. And, and that in itself, I'm looking to, you know, we're looking to grow the business that way. Start delegating. Exactly. Um, are, are you people mostly in the Nashville area? Are they all over the country or internationally even? All over the world. All over the world. Everybody. India, Argentina. Uh, we've got a few in the U.S. as well. Okay. That's awesome. Um, is there a particular vertical that you guys focus on, on the, the PMO consulting piece? It's, it's vertical, not necessarily. The PMO we've felt is a very niche um, need as far as technology goes, mm-hmm. um, because those PMOs are either serving one of two um, sectors or one of two areas in an organization. It could be project delivery. Um, it could be professional services. They're leading a pro- team of project managers that are actually going out and doing client billable work. Mm-hmm. There's also another side of the PMO where it's supporting the internal organization's processes, um, their IT, their governance, all of those things. And so we focus on both of those sides. Mm-hmm. Um, We've we've targeted more professional services because that's where you know a lot of our team has experience in. Um, but with this technology, um, with the pr- productivity tools, um, you kind of find yourself leaking into those other areas because hey, we have this tool, we know all of the capabilities of it. Let's go try it in marketing. Let's go try it yeah. in sales, right? And so you kind of bleed into those those areas pretty quickly. Interesting. So then you have a land and expand strategy that goes well beyond the initial project. Yep. That's have, you, have you, have you run into a point yet with any of your clients? I mean, it's only been a year and a half, but have you run into a scenario where you've actually hit the wall? Like you're done. Like you've, you've expanded as far as you can go and there's no more expansion within a particular 
company or client? Have you hit that yet? Or it's still growing internally within? Yeah. In in Utopia that you never hit that wall, right? That's always the ideal scenario. But the fact is with smaller organizations, there comes that cap, whether it be a budget or um, just there is nothing left to automate or or they perceived as there's nothing left to, you know, optimize. Um, So to answer your question, the smaller organizations, yes, the larger organizations, we haven't quite found that yet. Frankly, a year and a half in um, digital transformation is a years, years, years long journey. Right. And so by the time you're done with it, it starts all over again because there's a platform. Yeah, that technical, yep, going back to square one. (laughs) Right. So the ideal scenario is that we're providing value from, you know, from now forever. Yeah. That's great. Um, is there is there any specific anecdote that you can share in your travels that would like, you know, looking back in your career, if it weren't for this one or two or three moments in your in your professional career, like you'd be on a completely different path now. That, yeah. Like, uh, there's that there's two been. that there's two that come to mind that are really, really heavy. One is jumping from a safe and sound organization with 150,000 employees across the the U S to an organization that was a startup with um, less than 50. Right. Um, Really, really opened my eyes to um, the struggles, the, um, the need to have a, more of a viewpoint of a business versus just your role. Right. In an organization with 150,000 people, you're, um, I hate to say it, but you are a number, right? You have one specific role. You aren't stepping into other roles. You aren't helping out in other categories. That's not the case with with startups. And so I learned a lot about just business in general, um, transitioning to somewhere outside of my comfort zone. So that's number one. Number two is I was listening to a podcast. Um, This is when I was really heavy on, hey, I want to do something um, myself. I want to own a business. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things I really remember is, um, ask the people that are most close to you, what you excel, what you excel at and what you are good at. And so I asked my, um, then, um, girlfriend, now wife, um, Hey, yeah, thank you. Hey honey, what, what do I do well? Um, and number one, right off the bat, without hesitation, she said, you are very, very good at problem solving and building systems out of nothing, right? And so that's where I got thinking, how do I apply that to business, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of a, that was a, a, a catalyst in um, into Zazania Consulting as well. Well, that's awesome. Um, and, and where you've come to this point with Zazania, with the PMO kind of consulting piece, where if you were to look back a year and kind of put yourself into Mitch's shoes a year and a half ago and where you are now, could you foresee, like, did it follow the path, the trajectory that you envisioned a year and a half ago? Or, or did you have to make a left turn here? And if you did, if it's not on that same path, what was it? Like, what was that turn? What's funny is, what's funny is Zazania Consulting has this name because it did not start as a technology integrator. It started as we want to do traditionally PMO consulting. So how to be a better project manager, how to build a PMO. Um, what we found really quickly was people are worried about the technology. People need the technology. And so that's where a lot of our work started. Um, so that left turn, right? That was, hey, let's focus more on technology because that's the hotspot right now. Yeah. But we still do a little bit of consulting. We still talk on the business side. Technology mm-hmm. is our, our core um, our core service. 
And so absolutely adaptation is, is a necessary thing in, in business um, with AI the last year. I mean, we have to talk about how that affects project management and PM tools and how those are going to be integrated into technology. Um, it's very, very valuable, but it's also a really tough subject for enterprise and mid-market organizations because they now have to decide where they stand with this new technology and, and we're able to help them at the forefront of that. I'm kind of curious in your travels, like, I mean, AI is just kind of taken over in terms of just the talk track and the marketing around it and all of that. Are your clients bought in hundred percent? They're like, Oh, we got like, are they like chicken little running around? Like trying to like, well, okay, we got AI this, we got AI that we got to do all this stuff. Are they, or not so much? Or like, where do they, where are they on the spectrum of, I don't give a crap about it versus, Oh, we got to drop everything and move, just pivot everything to AI. This this could be very different from other people's perspective. I've seen it almost in in larger organizations are much slower to adopt AI, whereas smaller, more visionary organizations yep. that your entrepreneur and that your CEO is still in in the weeds of the day to day operations, they're much more likely to leverage AI at this time. Yeah less risk in a smaller organization, much, much more risk in larger organizations. And so um, a lot of our clients have been curious about what it offers them, but have not yet pulled the trigger on let's, let's just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Deep end, jump in the deep end. We're going all in. Yep. That's fair. I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, Is there anything as, as kind of we wrap up or come to an end, Mitch, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience um, that I didn't ask you about? No, Deep, I, I appreciate the time. And um, it's always awesome to talk to, you know, people in in in, uh, in the sales world, right? I, I talked about, you know, I have a unique experience of um, never being in the sales process in any of my work before yeah. starting a business. And so um, if there's one piece of advice I would give anybody that wants to start a business is, um, it takes sales. That's number one, right? And so learn, learn sales, learn how to accelerate revenue, learn how to work and build relationships with um, people, whether you want their business or not, because that's going to help you in the long run. Um, no money. That's su- such a money statement, Mitch. Thank you so much for for joining. Thanks everyone for listening to the Revenue Accelerators podcast. Mitch, I wish you the absolute best with Zazania Consulting um, and um, I'll be following. So thank you again. Deep, appreciate the time. Thank you guys. Be sure to check us out at www.excelogy.com. 